Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalp would be thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. You know, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo or personality. Eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We got another episode doing something a little different this time. We got Pete, and for the first time on the podcast, we got my buddy Scott here with us. What's going on, Scott? Hey, what's going on, guys? It's great to be on the podcast. Yeah, so Scott's kind of the guy that got me into Malifaux. Anybody that has heard the story of me talking about getting into it and how Scott's kind of a jerk for making me like the game. Yeah, well, this I is, do what I can do. This is the guy. So what we're going to do is we are trying to put out more Malifaux content as I get better and as Scott kind of kind of helps me through the game. We'll even probably start doing some battle reports as we kind of move along. But we wanted to record some episodes and something I was just talking with some of the Malifaux community that I feel like, especially as a newer player, doesn't get discussed as much is the is the pool, the pool of strategies and schemes. And I mean, as a new player, that was part of the game where it, it took the most thought into how to get better at the game because that's how you win the game. Right. And there's nobody really talking too much about it on podcasts and things. They do a little bit. But what we want to do is we want to start kind of doing these little segments. We'll kind of go through the people that we have the games with, what the pool was, and our thought process going through it. And then we'll talk about some things that we noticed and maybe some changes we would make for the next time. Uh, that way people can kind of start thinking about the mindset and what would I have brought, what would be a good combo. Maybe you guys can reply to us on either Twitter, our YouTube channel, uh, Facebook channel for Rage Quit Wire. Or even the Patreon page if you're a patron. But you can respond to us and be like, hey, you want to know it's a really cool piece of tech that you didn't think about is this model. Because like I said, I'm kind of new to Malifaux, so I'm getting into it and I'm starting to dissect it and really you know, put my thinking cap on. And Scott's been playing for a while too. So Scott, how long have you been playing Malifaux for? I started about halfway through 2E. Um, it was more of just like local games and stuff like that. I played a few tournaments and stuff like that, but it, like I haven't played like a lot of like uh, the bigger tournaments or or anything like that. So a lot of it's just like home games and learning stuff like through podcasts and stuff like that. I learned a lot of little tricks and things that you can do with the crews. Yeah. I think that even though you have some newer players thinking about this and then you have the experienced player, it's still good to listen to what people are saying. That way you can kind of analyze what you're doing and see if what you're doing matches up with what other people are thinking because right. I mean from me doing a lot of national gaming because I've played in a lot of different tournaments uh, for other games the metas are always different and people are always looking at the game different and some things 100%, that yeah. yeah some things we do might be really good but then other things that maybe the midwest or the west coast are doing might be better so right that that's just something to keep in mind as we go through this i'm not at all saying like we're experts at this but we, we do want to talk about it <laughs> and kind of get our ideas out there just to get people thinking about how you can attack these these pools when you get them Right. So what we're going to do today is we'll go through the pool that we had in our game. We'll go through kind of the process of what we did. And then we'll 
kind of go through and see like what did what happened and then what did we want to change at the end of it. But before we get to that point, there's an article that got put out. And I joined up the Bayou Bonfire because those of you that have been following anything that I've been talking about with Malifaux, I've been basically, and I pulled the trigger and did the switch to Bayou. I decided Outcasts, they were fun and there were some cool things I enjoyed, but I, I found myself just always kind of deferring to Leviticus because right. he's super powerful still. Well, and he's good into everything. Yeah. I mean, he can kill. Yeah. He has some good scheme runners. And, you know, he can position very well, especially with, like, ashes and dust. So I just felt like, okay, I mean, if I really want to be good at this faction, I mean, I would focus heavy on Leviticus. And his playstyle wasn't even really that exciting to me. Right. So I basically decided to switch to Bayou 1 because the models are amazing. I just, I started looking at the models and I, I just, I, I had to play them. I, I Started playing Zip because Zip is for Outcasts as well. And when I played him, I was like, this is what I want to be doing in Malifaux. This is the faction that is really speaking to me. Uh, so when I got to the Bayou Bonfire, which is the Facebook Messenger group, uh, basically I looked at this article that I saw one of the guys wrote on there. And forgive me, I don't think he put his name on this. At least not directly. I could look at the homepage of it. But if you just go to Bayou Breakdown, I'll post it in the show notes as well. But basically, he talks about what, how do you basically analyze a scheme pool? How do you go into it? And how do you decide which masters you're going to bring? So he kind of splits it down into three categories of schemes and, and strats that you're going to see in a pool. And you can do that. You can do that for most. For most scheme pools, you can kind of figure out, as a new player, it's like, you know, how do I put that? You you can, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. You're but, right, I, uh, I, I edit, it's okay. Well, that's You're going to need to edit a lot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, you know, some crews are more killy, you know? Like in the game we're playing, I didn't take a killy crew at all, so it just... It, yeah, you killed most of my important pieces. Well, but I had to use like Everything. most of my AP to do that. So, you know, was that efficient? Probably not, but I had to do it. So Yeah, so the ones he kind of breaks it down into is like Killy. So these are going to be things like uh, Let Them Bleed, Vendetta, Assassinate, Public Enemies. Uh, there's also like Kill and X schemes, which is you have to kill, but you also have to like recover the evidence. Uh, then there's Stand Your Ground, which means that there's some part of the board you have to occupy and there's a requirement you have to meet. That stuff's like that stuff like turf war, corrupted ley lines, claim jump, etc. And then finally, the other one is an interact. That's going to be more your schemey kind of things, like putting down your markers, flipping stuff, and that's like runic binding, sabotage, and search the ruins. So when you look at a pool, you have to analyze. Okay, what am I mostly seeing here? Am I mostly seeing killy stuff? Am I mostly seeing scheme pools? Because as a newer player, I was surprised when I told people a scheme pool and they'd go, oh, this sounds like one that you would see Sandeep in. And that's where, as a newer player, I want to get. I want to get at where I can see a scheme pool and I can say they're probably going to bring one or two of these masters and then get right at that. Right. And I'm not there yet. I don't know if you're there yet as a player, Scott. Um, somewhat, you know, just because I've played most of the masters in Ten Thunders, which is the faction that I play. I've had Yuko's the the newest one uh, for our faction, so I've played most of the other ones through two E. So I can see that a little bit better, but it's still you know 
it's it's not a cut and dry thing. So yeah. don't think that just because it's like oh Leviticus is is good in this one or you know Misaki is good in that or Zip you know there's there's a bunch of ways to 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 peel that orange. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know. As a new player, you're going to be limited a little bit just because this is the master I have or I have these yeah. two masters. You know, but don't be afraid to just get in there and kind of mix it up. Yeah, and I I was listening to a couple of different podcasts talk about this. I think the last one I talked I looked at was um, what's the Stones and Schemes? Yeah, the Schemes, schemes and Stones. Stones. Yeah, the guys. From- yeah, so I was listening to them, and they do a little bit of this, right. and they were talking about bringing these random masters, and they were like, "Well, you could bring this master, but probably the better master would be this." Right. So it seems like there is a better master, but definitely people have wild hairs up their ass all the time. Oh, most definitely, and you know, some people just don't like the way that the playstyle is. Like you were talking about with Leviticus, you know, he plays kind of a certain way, and if you don't like that playstyle, there's other ways to get that same job done. Is it as efficient? You know, that's debatable. Yeah, but. Who knows? I mean, it, it just depends on, you know, how the cards are flipping for you that day. Yeah. You know, you can make every right move and, you know. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk about this as we get into our matchup. But then the last thing that really this guy pulls together is basically, okay, well, now that you have the pool and you're starting to see what gets revealed, what's the counter pick? So if I see that there's a lot of schemes, I might think like, oh, he's going to bring a schemey crew. Like maybe right. he brings Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, now I have to be prepared for seeing scheme markers all over the board. Right. Or you could, you know, if they're playing Arcanist, there's, you know, Colette's going to be a good one out there. But you can counterpick to that a little bit. But, you know, right off the get, I wouldn't worry about that too much. Just see what your guys' stuff does, you know? Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about this and... And get into kind of our matchup. But this was a really good article. Like I said, it was the yeah, Bayou was. Breakdown. And the article is called, uh, You Can Pick Your Friend's Nose, But You Can't Pick Your Friend's Schemes. Right. So that was well, good. And, and on a side note to that, don't be afraid to listen to other things. Just because you don't play that faction, don't be afraid to read Bayou yeah. stuff. You know, yeah, did, you, you read, did you read this whole thing? Yeah, yeah. It's actually a really good article. And but and you, and you don't play Bayou anymore, really, right? Not really. I have the faction, but I don't really play it. But it was still a really good read. Oh yeah, I mean, because you can you can take what he's talking about and apply that to all the different factions. So just because you don't play Bayou, don't be afraid to read, you know, an Arcanist or an article or something about yep. the Neverborn, because at the least you're going to be able to be like, well, I'm going to have to play them sooner or later. So at least I can have that little bit of knowledge somewhere tucked in the back of my head. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go through the the pool that we got, and Scott just came over and we played this game, and we just did kind of like almost like a tournament where we just set up the board, we looked at it, and there was the pool. So this wasn't anything planned out ahead, just like anything else you would get. So the deployment was Wedge. We had Corrupted Ley Lines, which this is only like the second time I think I played Corrupted Ley Lines. It was... I, I'm starting to get a better feel for it. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a difficult one. Yeah, and then yeah. we had Assassinate, Claim Jump, Sabotage, Take Prisoner, and Vendetta. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that we did with this guy is we had to obviously declare our faction. And I right. declared Bayou because I'm starting to play Bayou. So, right. And you're 10 Thunders. And I played my, yeah, I brought my Thunders over. Yeah. So when you saw Corrupted Ley Lines, what automatically pops in your head where it's like, okay, I need to bring this in this game? Um. Just because of the amount of movement is involved to get 
the strategy because, you know, that's half your points out of the game. So my first thought was McCabe, but I don't, I don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the crew, but I didn't bring it with me. Sure. You know, but that was my first thought. But, you know, movement and being able to interact, being efficient with your AP is, that's what popped into my head when, yeah. when I first saw that. So, yeah. yeah. I agree with that because when I saw it, I was like, okay, I need a master and crew who can get around the board quickly right. and be adaptable because it, it, it definitely, having those um, markers in each center of the corridor and then the center of the board, and you have to fl- basically interact with one a turn to get your points. Right. You get, eventually, you're going to have to go on the enemy's side if you're going to keep scoring. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. So you need to have a mobile crew. That's one that I saw. Now, looking at the pool of schemes, it was assassinate, claim jump, sabotage, take prisoner, and vendetta. So when you're looking at this, which one did you feel this more kind of fell into? Did you feel it was more killy, position-based, or scheme-based? For me, the way that I was playing was going to be scheme-based. Okay. You know, but that's more, you know, with... I didn't end up taking a couple of those, but with Sabotage out there, Take Prisoner, you know, for what I was wanting to play, I looked at it more of a scheme-based and how I could accomplish it that way, and that's where I went with it. Yeah, I actually think that this scheme pool had a good amount of flexibility into each of those categories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was more like that mid-range, what he was talking about. It could be Killy or... X. Yeah, and yeah. the ones that I actually chose, I, I chose Claim Jump, and I don't know if that one was actually a good choice because it was Corrupted Ley Lines, there's going to be action in the middle around that middle one. Right. So I don't know if that was a good choice for yeah. me. Almost every game of claim, or, uh, Ley Lines that I've played, that middle one's always, there's always Occupied. business going around that middle one. Yeah, and I kind of lucked out on that because I was able to spread you out, and then I just right. put the random Skeeter there to get my claim jump right. point, but I didn't get the second point. But on claim jump, generally, from what I've seen, you're only going to get one point out of that yeah. unless the game is really going your way anyway, so yeah. I mean, that's not a bad with your mobility, with your crew. That wasn't a bad take. Yeah, and then the second one that I ended up taking was Sabotage, uh, just because I had... I'll, we'll go over our list here in a second. But like I said, I had a lot of mobile things that I was like, I should be able to put these scheme markers around the uh, building and have no problem right. in your zone. So yeah. what were the two schemes that you focused on then? I ended up say, uh, putting uh, taking Take Prisoner, and uh, I did that on your piglet, yep. on your flying piglet. And then I also took Vendetta. So I figured with the crew that you was running was a little bit point-wise, it was a little pricey point wise, yeah. but they weren't super tough. So I should have been able to, you know, attack that model and hopefully kill it for the second point. Is what what my rationale was. Okay, so what was the model that you chose for Vendetta? Vendetta, uh, you had Johan in your crew or yep. Johan, however you pronounce it. Yep. And that's who I ended up taking that on that one because he had a, roughly the least amount of defensive tech. He didn't have armor. He was relatively slow. What was the friendly model? Uh, the friendly model was my uh, Wanudo. Okay, which was the, the big, big wheel thing. Yeah, the head wheel or... <laughs> big flaming, <laughs> flaming head. head. Yeah, the big flaming head. Okay. So. And then you got Take Prisoner on... On the Flying Piglet. Okay. Yeah. And I was surprised because yeah. the Flying Piglet's pretty easy to kill. He is easy to You kill. almost killed him on accident. I almost killed him on accident, <laughs> yes, which I have you know done a few times. But what my thinking was on that, I could engage him with any of my lessers, my lesser minions... And I can just hold him there because I really, you know, 
towards the end of the game, I don't care so much if they're killing or doing whatever. I'm just there to make sure they're scoring that point. And with his willpower, my crew was more willpower attacked. Okay. So I could lure you in and do do the things that I needed to to keep you from even if you were able to push away and then fly. I was mobile enough with my with some of my minions that I was able to hopefully get into uh, and keep you engaged with me. Okay, so let me ask you this. We're getting a little ahead, but that's yep. fine. But I declared Zip and you did Yuko or Yuko. Yoku, whatever Yoku. her name yep. is. You know, breaking, breaking up the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so when you saw that I declared Zip, what kind of popped in your mind as far as like, okay, I need to bring this then now that he's bringing Zip? Well, like, I've played Zip enough in, in 2E. I knew I wasn't going to be able, with the crew that I was wanting to play, I knew I wasn't going to even be able to touch him. So, like... So I you just, were kind of like, just damn, Zip's just going to go do his thing. He's just going to do whatever he's going to do. There's not, you know, if I get a chance to get in on him, that's one thing, you know. But I knew I really couldn't mess with him, so yeah. I was just worried about the rest of your crew. I knew him and Earl was going to do whatever that they were going to do. So did you bring any picks to kind of counter anything that his crew does, or did you just kind of bring what you're going to bring? Um, No, I was... I, I did it more from... I'm just learning the crew that I took. Yeah. You know, I've only played with her a few times, so I I was more worried about what I'm going to do than trying to counterpick because I don't think I'm there yet as yeah. a Yuko player. You know, if it was Mizaki or Mayfang or something like that, I could have teched against you a little bit more. But I knew, I, you know, with, with her crew, I just wasn't going to be able to feel comfortable enough to be able to, to counterpick you type of thing. Yeah, um... I knew your crew wasn't very good at willpower, so most of my stuff that had, you know, most of my attacks are willpower based. So I can kind of get through what I needed to. Yeah. You know, and the rest of it is just kind of, you know, just like the rest of Malifaux, it's kind of up to the cards at that point. Yeah, I, I would say, I'd, and this is something, the counterpicking is what I'm probably least good at right now. Yeah. Uh, just because obviously the more I get familiar with the game, the more I can do that. Um, because I'm focusing on three masters in, in Bayou for a little bit. I'm going to be focusing on uh, Zip, uh, Brewmaster, and then uh, the Trixie crew with Ma. So those are the three I'm really focusing on. I have the most games with Zip, so I've definitely felt more comfortable with him. Uh, I didn't really have any counter picks directly. Uh, I did have Rebel yell on Johan, which was pretty good. Yes. It didn't come up just because we both were really spread out for the majority of the game. Right. Just, and I think that's the nature of that of the strat. No, but just having him in there, though, was it was there if you needed it. Yeah. And, and you know, a, a dude with a two-inch reach with men three is never bad to have. Nope. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah, and he does some cool things, and obviously he got updated and... Um, we realized that Rush was something that got added to his card, which is really good. Yeah. So he's a lot less slow, which is awesome. Right. Uh, but yeah, I didn't have any real counter picks against you per se. Right. Um, looking at the pool, I knew that there was going to be some chances for me to probably interact with some scheme markers. I kind of had a hint that maybe you took one of the schemes that involved that, even though you didn't. I thought you were going to take Sabotage, but you didn't. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it was kind of interesting, balanced scheme pool, didn't lean one way or the other. Right. Uh, so I think that our lists were really kind of determined by the strat, which is corrupted uh, ley lines. Right. Yeah, just whichever way you wanted to go with your, with yeah. your picks. You know, was... Yeah, so I feel like this one, you could have, as long as you had a mobile crew, you could have flexed any way yeah. you wanted to. Right, right. So this one didn't kind of like favor one specific 
thing besides movement. Right. Yeah. You couldn't bring a slow crew into this draft. Like I feel like, well, I don't know because the deployment was uh, wedge. Well, I mean, so if, even if you're a slower crew, wedge favors slower crews. I feel like. Well, yeah. Well, I guess even even if you just took like claim jump and vendetta. Yeah. Depending on you know what kind of game you wanted to play. Yeah, maybe. You know, you could have done that depending on you know. If you just want because, to say, we're going into the middle and yeah. come get it. Because I actually was thinking about that and how I could have brought Claim Jump and I could have played Brewmaster and forced you to come to me. Right. And I could just hold down the center and just deny you. Right. Um, yeah, because that would have been horrible. I Yeah. Horrible. Same thing like Jack Daw, I think, right. does that really well, oh, but yeah. he's slow. Right. So I think that wedge kind of helps mitigate that a little bit. Yeah. If it was corner, you can't bring a slow crew into that. Right. Then. Well, that's that's... I think one of the greatest things and the hardest thing when you're first learning the game is that there's not standard deployment. There's four different deployments you got to think about, you yeah. know, and where things are on the table in conjunction with that deployment. Yeah, like you said, if it was corner, you know, I wouldn't have played probably Yuko, quite honestly, because her yeah. crew's too slow. Yeah, and looking at this now, like Zip was really good for this, but I'm kind of wondering if I just brought Ma Tucket and just shot you off the board while I did the objectives. I, I mean, that probably could have been effective in that pool. Oh, yeah, 100%, especially against Yuko's group. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but let's talk about how the game kind of started going and how it went. So we kind of go into it, and we have a lot of buildings, a couple forests, and some things that – some decent terrain. So looking at how the game started to develop, what were some things that were like, okay – I need to deal with this. And before we get into that, uh, I ended up bringing Zip and Earl, obviously. But I also brought the first mate, Maris, Johan, one Iron Skeeter, a Flying Piglet. Uh, I tried a Swine Curse just because I had it. It's a new model. And it worked out okay, but it ended up dying. And uh, what did you end up bringing, Scott? I brought uh, Yuko and Chiro, obviously. Um, and then I brought Hinamatsu and a Bunraku out of, out of her keyword. And then out of keyword, I took a samurai, which is a versatile model, and then I um, took a couple of different ones, which was uh, Sun and uh, Huckster was the other two models that I had in my crew. And you brought the Wan Yudo. Oh, the Wan Yudo, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. yeah. Hucksters are annoying. Yeah, they are. This is, and they're, they're, I actually think that's a good counter pick to Zip. Yeah. Just because if I start putting a crazy amount of piano markers down, you can just use those to secret yeah. tunnel to. Yeah. Secret Passage, whatever it's called. Well, the reason, the main reason I took those is because you're going to have blocking terrain on most boards. Yeah, somewhere. And I figured even if I, you can't teleport with him with the marker on him, but you can get him into position where you can attack from different angles yeah. that you, that it's hard that it's hard to defend against. Yeah, definitely. So. We'll go ahead and get into it. So looking at the board, like I said, what were some things where it's like, okay, I need to do this first turn? What were some things that you were, you were trying to set up for well, the game? Yeah, I was trying to set up like I um, forgot a couple of key things in your crew. So I put my... Uh, I, uh, samurai. I put my samurai too far forward and, and got him killed first turn. So uh, yeah, boys well, and girls, don't do that. <laughs> he moved him basically <laughs> close to the center of the board. And I had the first mate next to an Iron Skeeter, and I purposefully held those two back for my last two activations because yeah. I wanted to be like, okay, where's Scott going? Right. And you brought the samurai up, and I was like, okay, let's go jump him. So I just fly with me over, yeah. leapt India, and then got two or three attacks on you. Yeah. The way I was looking at it, I was like, well, the, the first mate's going to be able to leap 
and then maybe have to walk charge. Yeah. And I forgot all about the, the skeeter fly having to fly with me. And then it's just like, well, here's an extra five inches worth of movement, and he's dead. Yep. Yeah, he ended up dying the beginning of turn two, I think, because I think I first activated. No, it was, it was, the, it was one. Was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, yeah, I guess I did, and yeah. then I leapt back into the Baraku or whatever it's called. Yeah. Is it Baraku? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, the Bunraku, yeah. Sorry, I, I stink with these Japanese names. I, I'm trying to get yeah. better at them, but it'll take a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty much the main highlight is we both positioned. Right. Um, I ended up taking Zip over into yeah. a flank, and I actually set up some piano markers extending the tree line yeah. Over to a building, so pretty much shut that side of the yeah, board you off. Basically, cut the third of the board off of it. And once you did that, I'm like, well, I have no other choice but to attack these three markers. The, the does key markers are the strategy markers. Does Ten Thunders have a model that interacts with terrain like that a lot, or no? Um, like blows it to hell or anything yeah, like there's that. A, there's a couple of them that do that, but you got to kind of, you know, in hindsight. Forgetting that he dropped those piano markers. There's a couple of them that you could do that, but that really wasn't... That wasn't a priority? That wasn't really a priority because with what I had and what what I ended up seeing you taking, it's just like, well, that... Yeah, you cut me off from that side of the board, but you also cut yourself off from that side of the board. So your zip and everything can jump around that side of the board. Yeah. And the skier can, but... Some of your other models, yeah, they can't. They can't really do that, so they're going to have to come towards me, like towards the middle of the field, yeah. is what I was thinking about. So yeah, so basically, I in my mind, I wanted to take Earl and Zip around the flank because I wanted to make sure that I scored on sabotage, and also maybe eventually start picking off models with Zip mm-hmm. and getting them out of position, which eventually that did happen, turn four or five. Yeah, um, and Earl was able to put the uh, schemes down for for the uh, sabotage. Right. So that was the goal with them. And then basically my goal, other goal was to set up the first mate to kill as much as possible and cause as much ha- havoc as possible while I just kind of scored the strat. So right. I used Maris and I used the Swine and Johan, and I kind of was using them to daisy chain the, uh, I don't know, what are the, what's the... The lodestone. Yeah, the lodestone yeah. over to the other model or other areas. Um, which I think you actually, you had some positioning issues turn one, didn't you? Um, a little bit like my Achilles heel on this new edition is learning how to set my crew up properly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I set up poorly and it, and it hurt me that yeah, first I, turn. I so. think you blocked off, uh, Hinamatsu so yeah. she couldn't go straight where she wanted to. She had to kind of walk around her right. crew. Yeah. So it was little poor positioning on my part, but, you know, it is what it is. That's why we play the game to kind of learn that, yeah. you know, so we don't do these things in the future type of thing. Yeah. So we kind of get into it, and you see the first mate start to wreck your shit. Yep. So you want to kind of go through what the hell you're thinking when you see the samurai getting lit up? Well, as soon as he gets in and you're able to get all of your attacks and... I was like, well, and you I'm, and you black jokered one of the flips. I black jokered one of the flips, so I'm just like, well, here's a positive. <laughs> here's a positive attack. There's that, like you know, seven damage coming your way. Oh yeah, pretty much yeah, because you was able to stone and and you had the the ram in hand to be able yeah. to get that. So it was just like, well, here you go. And I knew he was done, so I knew from that point on I had to put whatever resources I had to into killing him. Yeah, which you know hurt me positioning wise. You know, on the second turn. Yeah, you dove, yeah. you dove on the first mate, like, super hard. You spent pretty much 
most of your resources turn to to take him down. Right. And that included me butterfly jumping away several times. Mm -hmm. That included me even moving him out of activation with other things. And you you did end up killing him just barely with one burning damage at the end. Burning damage at the end. So, (laughs) but I had to because everything that I had over on that side. First mate would have just wrecked. Yeah, I could just one activation yeah, just yeah. sweep them. Yeah, and most of them, if you had the if you had the cards correctly, you could one shot them. Yeah, that was kind of also the problem. Is turn two, I had the first activation, which I did activate the first mate because he was kind of he was hurting a little bit from uh, some tax. But I mainly also needed to activate him to get him away. But I didn't have the hand to kill something. And that was kind of my problem turn two is I drew a really weak hand. I even stoned for cards and I drew like a two and a two. Yeah. And and starting cards down with Yuko because, you know, she's she's a bitch like that. Yeah, she's a whore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's the most annoying thing about her is just how much she attacks your hand. And luckily I'm infamous, so I have showboating, which offsets that a little bit. But it's still annoying. Yeah. but yeah, I basically, I couldn't, I wanted to go into the Huckster and kill the Huckster, but the problem was I had a really weak hand, and since you didn't activate the Huckster, manipulative. Yep, yeah. I had a, basically a negative flip in any attacks I put into her, so right. I just, I didn't think that was worth it, so I tried to kill the, your little stabby dude, the Benraku, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. What, stabby how, puppet. How the hell do you say this dude's name? Bunraku, I think. That's, Bun, how I, that's Bun, what I call it. It is but, Bunraku. Yeah. Okay, Bunraku. I keep on calling him like Barack Obama here or something. <laughs> He's not. No. Okay, but so I basically had to go out of there. And then you spend most of turn two whittling down the first mate, Pretty which much, yeah. in my mind, it was okay. Right. But in your mind, you're like, that was worth doing. Like, you're like, I yeah. had to do this. Yeah, I had, I, in my mind, it was, I had no other choice. I spent basically the AP from three models killing him. And I just barely got it done. Yeah, the only thing I regretted, like, I, I was okay with him dying there yeah. just because of how many resources he soaked up. Yeah. But the thing I I wish I didn't do is I did blow, like, all my soul stones just... Yeah, in the first two turns, you... Triggering like, the attacks, yeah. triggering the abilities, yeah. and also just stoning some damage off of him. Right. So, that's the only thing I was like, okay, I wish I did that a little less aggressive, but besides that, like you right. were, you were super out of position after that. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it took it. It was. It made my game a whole lot harder after turn two. Yeah. Okay, and turn two, basically at that point, I'm attacking your totem with Zip. Zip yeah. and Earl are kind of beating her down. Yeah. And then in the middle, I'm kind of just setting up the strat, so I'm scoring my points. Right. Uh, you also did flip one of the strats, so you're still online to score for your point. Right. And I think at that point, it's just one one. Neither of us scored our schemes. Right. So going further into the game now, where did you feel like okay, you started you took care of the beast. Right. And now you had to get back on track. So what did you start doing to get back into the game scheme wise? Um or even strat wise. In strat wise, um cuz you had the stone stuck on the Bunraku. I, yeah, I had him stuck on the Bunraku. So I basically had to waste positioning as far as it was really hard for me to get my positioning down cuz the way that that strategy works you can only pitch it so far yeah with that six inches and you know it looks like it's close but it's really hard especially because we had a on my side of the board we had that woods right there so that took yeah. out a ton of different movement and stuff like that so it was really hard for me and about two activations in i kind of figured out that i just wasn't going to be able to score on that turn yeah so i just kind of had to abort 
and then you know try to do set myself up to so I could score it on 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 three or on four. Yeah, and then go that way. Okay. So yeah, I'm just trying to like pick off some of your weaker models, stuff like that. Which you did. Hinamatsu came in. She took care of the swine, the, the cursed swine, the whatever swine it is. Cursed, yeah. yeah. Which I was sad because I felt like the swine curse was about to come in and do some things. Yeah. That's, that was one of those things that's, you know, I knew what it could do f- from playing it a little bit in 3D, not a whole lot, but I was like, I have to kill this thing before it just comes in and wrecks me. Yeah. So, because my crew is just so kind of glass hammery. I mean, it can do some, it can do some work, but. You know, it'll die to a stiff breeze, most of the models. Okay. So, you kind of, you got to the point where you started falling behind a little bit because I scored again in the strat, and then I, did you score the second time? I can't remember if you did. No, I didn't. I didn't score it until the turn, uh, yeah, turn three, I had to score it. Yeah, because basically you started falling behind a little bit, and then I also uh, ended up getting sabotage the first point for that. So you're starting to feel behind. So how did you mm-hmm. kind of claw your way back into it? Where did you start to position your your crew there? Well, once I took, um, I was able to, Hinamatsu is such a beast and she was able to, she's got so many attack options. Once I was able to do that, when you dropped your Skeeter into, to get that claim jump point. Yeah. And that's why I walked, walked her back over that way. To You know, I knew I wasn't going to be able to kill her that turn, but I knew I could deny you that second point. Yeah. You know, because um, uh, I feel like you had to figure you yeah. had to get kind of crafty, right, to get the lodestone to another point where you could score, right, and that's where you started passing it off to. I think you pushed it to the center, and then you had to push it towards yeah. my bottom left. Yeah, I had to bring Sun up and get him into position, and then I moved a, a few of your guys around. Uh, let me tell you guys this. That sun model is fucking annoying. <laughs> he is annoying. Because yeah. I didn't real, And the reason I didn't realize how annoying he was is because I attacked him with Zip the first time. And Zip doesn't care because he uses the move or the size stat. Right. Which is good against Sun because Sun has some really good stats. He's willpower six, six defense seven. seven. How this dude yeah. is defense seven. He's an old man for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, he has some really cool just little tricks. I mean, he heals yeah. your models. This yin yang attack is really kind of nifty. Yeah, because uh, you actually had a cool thing you were talking about. You were going to try to do at the last turn. What? Right. What were you going to try to do with yin on, and yang on his yin yang attack? Um, he's if I did I could never get the card to do it, but he's got a uh, one of his triggers is called Hole in the World. So you can just place a model just. It's a willpower duel, but if you win it, you can just place it within six inches of wherever it is at that point. Yep. You just zap them over six inches. Right. So you move a model out of position, and this one, they would have, the lodestone would have went to the next nearest model. And at that point, if I could have got it off, it would have put him on the other side of my line. Because you you used it basically on Johan, where you were going to throw him to your big wheel of death. Right. And then you were going to score your vendetta. Right. uh, Hopefully, if you could get him down low enough. We ended up kind of having to call it turn four just because yeah. of, you know, family stuff. But that's fine. Yeah. But, yeah, that was he's just a really kind of nifty just. Right. Well, and he heals every, everybody, every friendly model that starts within three inches of him. They heal one automatically. Who's uh, who's the master for the retainer crew? Uh, Yen Lo. Okay. Oh, that, that dude. That dude. That yeah. guy. Yeah, he becomes super sick in that yeah, group. Hell yeah, he does. So, 
So, but, so yeah, you kind of, you had to start pushing towards mine eventually. Right. And that's actually where you made another mistake, but luckily I wasn't able to flip another one either because right. you engaged the pig, actually you lured the I piglet. I lured the pig away, away from it in turn three and was able to score it. Because the piglet had yeah. the lodestone and yeah. you lured the stupid pig away. Yeah. But then you made a mistake also because your huckster had the stone and you activated the huckster even though you had pass tokens. Yeah. And you activated next to it, and you placed them, and I was like, "Perfect, right. Maris is going to come throw you off the uh, right. off the center point, well, off the ley line." Yep, yep. So I and you and as soon as I did that, you caught it. You're like, "Oh, I totally shouldn't have put her yeah. there yet." Well, and, and in hindsight, I think uh, we kind of miffed that one a little bit too, because when he placed with his hole in the world, I think I would have had to ditch the load. Actually, I got a. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think actually yeah. a model that has the stone can't yeah. be placed, right? Well, yeah, I don't think they can. So, yeah, I think I uh, inadvertently uh, did a little cheat sheet on that. I didn't even think about well, it. Well, let's see here because yeah. uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it says models with the lodestones cannot be yeah. placed. So that means even in like yeah. an enemy attack, they can't be placed. Yeah, so I'm a dirty cheater. Sorry about that. Well, no, I, I mean, that, <laughs> doesn't that make me the dirty cheater? Because no. he, yeah, the huckster had the lodestone and I threw her with Maris. That uh, that yeah. up, up, and away is a place. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we both got a little yeah. bit wrong there. That's okay. Learning the game. Yeah. So that's what's difficult about this uh, this strategy. It's there's little bitty interactions like that. Yeah. Well, because then we even talked about an interaction that Zip would have had, where I could have killed the piglet with Zip, which I would have done because right. it was being annoying. Well, you did not denied me a point. True. Right. So I would have killed it with Zip, and the stone would have gone to Zip. He's not insignificant, but he can't do interact actions. So Zip would have been stuck with the lodestone the rest of the game until somebody came and took it from him. But right, you know that's okay because I would I scored that last uh, right. last he, point on there. He still move eight even though he doesn't fly. Yeah, I just got to go around eight. shit. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, we end up here's what the game kind of looked like at the end of it. Yeah. So when we kind of called it and we said this is what would have happened. Right. Basically, the game was close to five to five, maybe six to five. Yuko. Yeah, maybe it just depends. I think of, it, on a cards. couple of flips. It depend on cards. Yeah. So we ended up calling it a tie. And the way the game looked is basically the lodestone zip would have had by himself near your deployment zone. Right. And I was in your deployment zone on the opposite corner. Yeah, I had Johan alive, but he was kind of getting swamped by your crew. Right. Uh, let's see here. I think then I had Earl doing the last uh, sabotage. sabotage. right. And then besides that, I think the rest of my crew was pretty fucking dead. Pretty much, yeah. So what did you still have kind of at the end of the game there, what it looked like? Um, let's see. I still had uh, the Bonraku and the Huckster, and both of those were basically on like one or two wounds apiece. Yep. Um, Which you could heal with Sun. Right. Um, Yoku was... I don't think you really even invested any... Nah, I didn't. I was a little afraid of assassinate just because she only has 10 wounds and she doesn't... She's got serene continence, but you can get around that. I, I thought about it, but I just felt yeah. like I could have an easier time killing your other models right. and that the you'd attack my hand but i kind of counter that with showboating a little bit right so i was just like oh i know what i'm just gonna spread out yeah. so she can't even and there was times where yeah she didn't even have any good options because i was so spread out yeah because i was worried about that because like in turn three i put myself right up in the middle i did i was looking and at I was it like man 
I'm going to know real quick if he's got assassinated or not because he's going to come in on me hard if I he think did. the only reason I didn't go into her yeah. was, one, my hand wasn't that hot. Right. And yeah, then you got a couple, You got unlucky. Like, turn two and yeah. three, you got unlucky on your draws. And then, two, you had Hinamatsu right behind him. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, if I do go there, yeah. I'm going to be taking a crap ton of hits from Hinamatsu. Yeah, she's a, she's a good deterrent. Yes. Yeah, she's a little blender. Little I was like, blender. I did not want to deal with that, so yeah. that kind of deterred me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty close to a tie. That's what we ended up calling it. Yeah. If a couple flips went a different way, maybe Scott gets it by one. So after the game was played, Scott, what were some things that you would have changed or would you have picked different schemes or would you have brought different models? No, I don't. You said McCabe, maybe. I, I was thinking McCabe on that because, like, I've been listening to some of the other podcasts, like McCabe and Yuko together with the Wanudo because they just – They've got that trample attack where anything that they move through, you've got to make, you've got to make um, movement duels yeah. or, or um, take damage from it, and you get enough of those on you, and you're just that's another way to attack your hand. Yeah, you know, with Yuko, and that's what she wants to do. You know, I thought about that one, but it's I'm still trying to learn her crew. I want to see what her crew can do. That's one of the main reasons I took her in this one was I, you know, I really want to see what she can do. I'm over. I've got about eight games in with her, and I say you're you're finding some pretty cool things. Yeah, there's some things that's happening there, and, but like the last couple of games are really the only two that I've really felt comfortable with. Some so. of the models that you brought, I hadn't seen you brought yet. Like right. I, I hadn't seen the Winudo yet. I hadn't seen the. Yeah, uh, seen the I haven't yet. seen Sun yet or the yeah. Samurai. Yeah. So uh, a couple of those things I was definitely yeah. surprised by as well. Yeah, the the Samurai are, are expensive minions, but they're they can potentially be deadly. So, yeah, especially against squishier crews. So I definitely like Zip into uh, into corrupted ley lines mm-hmm. just because yeah. his crew is so fast and they also have a little bit of punch. So they're able to. Yeah, yeah they're surprisingly punchy. They were able to do this scheme pool really well. The yeah. only thing I probably wouldn't have just because ley lines has the fight happening in the center. A lot of times I probably right. wouldn't do claim jump again. I would do sabotage because I got both my points right. for that. I probably would have switched to either Vendetta or Assassinate. Yeah, those were the two that I was worried about with your crew, honestly, just yeah. because my stuff is squishy. So, yeah. you know, my master squishy and, and the majority of my minions and are, are rather squishy. Yeah, so I probably would have switched to that. And then I actually would have probably brought, and this is just once again because I'm also um, newer to the faction and I'm still don't have all the models I want assembled yet. Right. Uh, one thing I was talking about that would have been a good ad maybe was instead of bringing, uh, I, the, the swine curse was okay. Right. I just, I think it benefits when you can do damage. And the only damage I had that I wanted to devote to it was blast damage from Maris right. or shockwave markers. And he's immune to that pretty much. Right. So, I would take him out, and I probably would either add the Lucky Emissary just because it's yeah. fast, which is great for this uh, scheme. Right. And I also think that the Aura of Luck where I can cheat off the deck instead of my hand helps against your card hate. Right, right. So that would have been pretty helpful, too, as far as that goes. Plus, it, it's a beater. It can kill. Right, yeah. I mean, I think it is min three, isn't it? Uh, yeah, like it's, yeah, it's like a three, four, five. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, has armor piercing. Yeah, so super good. And then the other model that I would have brought maybe instead was Mancha Roja. Mm. Just because, yeah, he's 10 stones, but him holding down the middle ley line. Well, and you get all of his attack because it's blocking. Yeah, not so, only not yeah. that, but oh. he also heals himself. Right, yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, he's 10 wounds, hard to kill. He's yeah. cage fighter, so if you do come in and hit him, he can hit you back. Right. Uh, he has rush, so he's, you know, speed 7, essentially, movement right. 7. Uh, plus, just, he can throw people in the mud and just have fun. He's a he's a gremlin luchador, so how can you not like him? Yeah, right. Yeah, Juggernaut's cool. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, drop down, take out. Yeah. So good. So those would be kind of the changes I would make, and I think... That would make the game kind of more interesting if I did that yeah, and then switch my scheme. Killy, then yeah. yeah, because like I said, I think Zip can flex that way. The only the only one I'm not crazy about is Zip's not great at dropping schemes sometimes, just because right. his big scheme runner is Earl, Earl, and, he, and the Piglet, right. And, you know, the the Iron Skeeter. And the Iron Skeeter. <laughs> and they're pretty easy to kill models, especially in Melee. Yeah, but with Zip's mobility, you did the exact right thing. You know, you took those two turns. Like, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah, to go right <laughs> around me. And then once you're in my backfield, you're either forcing me to give up a model to kill Earl, which yeah. just seems wrong, <laughs> you know, or I just, you know, which is the choice that I made. I'm like, well... I can't go backwards. I have to go forwards yeah. type of thing. So, well, especially in, in that one. Right. And he's got to do what, you know, he, he's going to do whatever he's going to do. And if he's, you know, if you score two points off of it, good for you. Yeah. You, know he, I mean? you didn't take the bait because a right. lot of people would turn around and be like, oh, I'm going to go right. get this master. And he's yeah. incredibly hard to kill. Yeah. Zip. I knew, like, when I looked at the pool and I knew he was playing Zip, like, assassinate was off the board. <laughs> You're like, I'm not even going to see this so guy. there's, like, you know, but you can use that. You were talking about counter picks and stuff like that. You yeah, can, that totally just eliminates assassinate right. for you. But you know that. Yeah. So that's like, well, now I only have to deal with four schemes instead of five. Well, here's the secret, Scott. Yeah. You know, this is just between you and me <laughs> and the dozens of listeners. Right. I didn't even fucking think about that. Right. <laughs> but I do now. I am right. now. This is why it's good to talk about this because... Right. You know, you like you probably saw that, and you're like, "Well, I can't even do right. this now." And that's something I need to start thinking about with the right. crews that I bring, where it's like, "Oh, Zip totally just neuters assassinate. He can't do this." Right? Yeah. A lot of like, if you see you go on the board, depending on what their crew is, unless they do like her and like an all star crew of like you know like Fuhatsu and like Samurai, you know, stuff yeah. that's like ranged, you know, beaters type of thing. Yeah. You don't have to worry about. At least from what I'm seeing so far, there's a lot of the 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 Achilles schemes that you can kind of I don't want to say forego, but yeah. you know I'm never going to generally make an assassinate run against you. Yeah, you know just because it doesn't matter what master it is. For one, she's not <laughs> you know fast enough to get there. But it's sitting just, there with an umbrella, right? You know and that I think, that was I think you definitely would have been better with McCabe and like you said if you mm-hmm. had him you probably would have brought him right because yeah you ended up having to waste a lot of your actions just moving to keep up right because my crew was zipping everywhere right no pun intended your crew was running around rolling with their flaming right. head you know yeah I kept having to like injure myself to get like an extra three inches of movement yeah. on the Bunraku just so I could get into throwing distance of something yep. You know, just because, like, order of activation, especially in ley lines, is such a big deal of what models you move when to get them in line to be able to throw it to that next next strategy marker. All right, so we're calling it a draw, Scott, and we've gone through the schemes and kind of what we changed. But looking at what actually happened in the game, who would you say is your MVP of the game? Who who did the work? Who who did you say is the champion? I'd say my best ones in this game, probably Sun. Okay, what did Sun do that you were kind of like, okay, that was really, really well, awesome? He was able to, 
not really deny you, but like with his don't mind me's and stuff like that, I was able yeah, to... Yeah, once you... Man, you yeah. fucking told me that. I was like, oh, this yeah. douchebag has that too, huh? Yeah, Hinamatsu killed more <laughs> stuff, but that's what she's supposed to do. Yeah. You know, he was able to do in there and get a get a few like little tricksy plays. And he held up the iron skeeter. Right, yeah. He, he held up the skeeter, you know, he, you know. So he was able to do a, do a few things that you weren't really, I don't think you was expecting. Yeah. So, you know, which ended up scoring me a point or two off of it. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'd agree. He was like, he wasn't like the sexy one that did like all the dirty oh, work. No, no. But he, I'd say he made me waste more activations than any other model right. on the board that you had. Yeah, yeah. And even like when you was trying to throw him, well, you'd throw him, and as soon as you placed him, he, he would, fucking he'll heal one of his damages. Like, like, who the hell so, has a rule like because that? He, because he's friendly to himself. Most yeah. of the time, it doesn't affect him, it yeah. affects other models. But, you know, he is friendly to himself, so, and it doesn't say other models, so. Dude, I'm going to tell you, my MVP of this was Maris. Probably. Like, like she did yeah. a lot of really solid work. Yeah. She she did a good job scoring me my points on the strat. But she also, I started, once I've read the fucking card. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's uh, always a bonus. You know, one yeah. of the guys on this podcast, John, who Stokes, you haven't met, but he's actually coming up this week. Yeah. But he, um, he, he has these card sleeves, and it just says, uh. RTFC and it just says read the fucking cards <laughs> but yeah because yeah, I realized that hey everybody's bigger than Maris so she gets plus one to all these duels yep. plus if your stats are better than hers which they're gonna be because yep. she's only a four you uh, get shielded I get shielded for that every so, attack action yeah. so she's hard to do she has yeah. a two inch engagement which yeah. ties people up and right. then I started throwing out flaming bottles bombs mm-hmm. away was pretty good well and I forgot all about that too and I put models into her and then once I failed a couple of attacks, and I'm like, oh, I'm just giving you shielded at this point. Yeah, you're just helping me out. Yeah, I'm just, and it's just like, well, because okay, you're uh, what you call it the the Winudo, Winudo, Winudo. Yeah. How do you say that? Winudo, Winudo. Yeah, sure, Menudo. Menudo. Yeah, yeah like go. the the Mexican band there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, because he came in, so he actually was the one that like damaged the shit out of first mate. Yeah. Like he came in there and did most of the damage to him, and your little plinkers finished him off. Right. That wheel did nothing to Maris. Maris no, was just like, not at all. See ya. Yeah. Throw you over there. Have I, a good day. Yeah, I flubbed a couple of attacks, and it's just like, here's you know, free two damage. Well, well you're like, damage. you're like, oh, do a movement duel. I was like, okay, yeah. sweet. Just need a six. Right. <laughs> so so yeah. Maris was my MVP. She got me probably the most points, and she just was able to kind of just tank it on the chin for a while. Right. Yeah. You held up, you know, one of my beaters and my master for two yeah, turns. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Two turns. Yeah, and then yeah. and then I could have just blasted away eventually if there I wanted to. Right. So I think this was an interesting pool. It was well um Yeah, for, for it was well ra- balanced. For a randomized pool, yeah. I thought it was really good. Um I'll be curious because the next one that we're gonna do, I'll I'll try to make sure it's it's leaning one way or another when yeah, we yeah. do it. Yeah. That way we can analyze it a little better because I think this is the kind of podcasting that needs to happen more. I think so. And, and, yeah. and like I said, it's not even that you and I are you know, really good yet at these schemes and stuff? No. Because we're not. No, not, not even close. <laughs> okay. But I think it is important for people to talk about it yeah. and then say, okay, let's reflect what would have been better. And like I said, we yeah. want to hear what you guys say about this pool and say, you want to know what's really good and buy you in this is this model. And then we'd right. be like, holy shit, dude, I wasn't even thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. And for what reason? Yeah. You know, why is it, why is it good into that pool? Yeah. So that's yeah. what we're going to keep doing with these. Uh, it's something I want to put out Malifaux content, if not weekly, at least bi-weekly. 
probably bi-weekly is more accurate because we have the God tier stuff we're putting out as well. Right. Uh, but I don't know. Any last thoughts? Uh, anything you want to shout out, Scott, before we kind of nope, mosey nope, on out? Thanks for having me on. It was a, it was a great game. Like I said, it's just I can't wait to get more games in, especially what we've had two live games and yeah. all this COVID craziness. Yeah, well, the South's opening up, so yeah. you know, I know it, if, if the South's opening up, my nerve room's up. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. plus I got all these cool Bayou models coming in that I got to start playing. Yeah. I tell you what, though, having to pay like 50 bucks for that those stupid whiskey gammons <laughs> is fucking annoying. Yeah, but you, you already sold half the box, so you're all right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, that being said, just make sure that you guys check out all our content, all the stuff that's going up on our uh, YouTube channel, all the stuff for the patrons. If you want to become a patron, just visit the Rage Quit Wire Patreon page. Uh, got some cool stuff like dice. We're going to get a new round of dice here soon. And got some cool stuff going up for the patrons. Uh, now that the summer of Pete is upon us because I'm a teacher, I definitely got more time for that kind <laughs> of stuff. summer of Pete. You need to do like your own theme music just for the intro. So I mean, I do every hey, just like on Facebook, I posted <laughs> up the summer of George. That's right. So that, that's every year. So just make sure that you guys support us. We like putting out content. If you think there's something we could do to tweak this kind of episode for our uh, aquaholics, I don't know, I guess we're going to call this episode. Yeah, the, sure. Loving the pools and schemes and strats. <laughs> but just let us know. We're willing to adapt as people want to hear more stuff or less stuff of what we talked about in this episode. But hopefully it gave you an idea of what our game was like and how we kind of dissected it as we went along. And and main thing is what we learned from it because right. that's when you kind of move forward as a gamer. Oh, 100%, and, yeah. and somebody who's played a lot of like high-quality tournament tournaments in like a lot of other games... That's how you get better. You get better from, okay, I did this, I did that in there, that worked, that didn't, now let's move forward. Right. So that's definitely the big thing that people should get get from this episode, hopefully, and, and the ones we can do in the future. So until then, make sure that you guys flip cards, flip tables, and we'll see you guys next time.